Hi, it's Reverend Caroline Brasscamp, Parish Associate for Families here at Preston Hollow, and I'm here to offer a devotion for the fourth week of Lent. Our scripture today is Mark 12, verses 1 through 27. Listen for God's word for you today. Then Jesus began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and put a fence around it, dug a pit for the wine press, and built a watchtower, and then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the season came, he sent a slave to the tenants to collect from them his share of the produce of the vineyard. But they seized him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. And again he sent another slave to them. This one they beat over the head and insulted. Then he sent another, and that one they killed. And so it was with many others. Some they beat, and others they killed. He had still one other, a beloved son. Finally, he sent him to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they seized him, killed him, and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. When they realized that he had told this parable against them, they wanted to arrest Jesus. But they feared the crowd, so they left him and went away. Then they sent to him some Pharisees and some Herodians to trap him in what he said. And they came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance with truth. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why are you putting me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me see it. And they brought one. Then he said to them, Whose head is this, and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Jesus said to them, Give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. And they were utterly amazed at him. Some Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no child, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. There were seven brothers. The first married, and when he died, left no children. And the second married her and died, leaving no children. And the third likewise. None of the seven left children. Last of all, the woman herself died. In the resurrection, whose wife will she be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Is not this the reason you are wrong? that you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God? For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. As for the dead being raised, have you not read in the book of Moses and the story about the bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is God not of the dead, but of the living. You are quite wrong. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
we'll begin with the question, what? As Holy Week progresses, Jesus' conflict with the religious and political authorities increases, like a pot that's about to boil over. In our passage, Mark 12, verses 1 through 27, Jesus engages in three rounds of verbal sparring with various groups of religious and political leaders about the nature of his authority. In verses 1 through 12, Jesus tells the parable of the vineyard to a group of chief priests, elders, and scribes who have just asked him where his authority comes from. This parable would have been familiar to Jewish ears. God is the owner of the vineyard, and the vineyard represents God's people, Israel. The tenants working the vineyard are the religious leaders. The slaves who are sent to check on the vineyard are the prophets, and the son of the owner is Jesus. Jesus condemns the religious leaders and the temple system through this parable for telling his own death and promising them that the stone that the builders rejected will become the cornerstone. That's a quote from Psalm 118. In verses 13 through 17, two new groups of people come to test Jesus. The Pharisees, a Jewish group focused on faithful living, and the Herodians, representatives of the Roman authorities. These two groups ask Jesus whether paying taxes is lawful. Jesus responds by asking the Pharisees to show him a denarius, a silver Roman coin worth about a day's wages and the amount of an individual's census or poll tax. On the front of the coin is a side profile of the emperor Tiberius with the words, Caesar Augustus Tiberius, son of the divine Augustus. The coin itself proclaims that the emperor is the son of God, and Jesus catches the Pharisees with one in their pockets. Jesus cunningly skirts their question by saying, Give to the emperors the things that are the emperors, and to God the things that are God's. And in verses 18 through 27, a final round of people come to test Jesus, the Sadducees, a Jewish group connected with the priests and the Sanhedrin, and they're a group that doesn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. They present a test case to Jesus. A woman has married a man who dies, and then she married his brother, according to the law of Moses, times six. Their question is, so whose wife will she be in the resurrection? The Sadducees attempt to present Jesus with a reductio ad absurdum argument. They begin with the opposite position to the one they believe, take it to its logical and absurd conclusion, and therefore show the initial position to be false. In response, Jesus uses the scriptures to show that God is a God of the living, not of the dead, and therefore that the Sadducees are wrong in their understanding of the scriptures and God's power. Now we turn to the question, so what? Jesus challenges the authority of each religious and political group he meets. In the first section, the parable of the vineyard, Jesus challenges the chief priests, the scribes, and elders, those involved with the temple and the sacrificial system. Jesus says to them, I have authority over the temple and all who serve there because I am the cornerstone. Jesus condemns their violence towards the prophets, himself, and anyone offering a corrective voice to the religious system. In the second section, the question about taxes, Jesus challenges the Pharisees and the Herodians. 
Jesus says to the Herodians, I have authority over all earthly governments because I, not Tiberius, am the Son of God. Jesus says to the Pharisees, I am the one you should live faithfully for. All things come from me and will return to me. And Jesus condemns the Pharisees and the Herodians for confusing earthly authority with eternal authority. Finally, in the third section, the question about the resurrection. Jesus challenges the Sadducees. He says to them, I have authority over God's law and all the scriptures, and I use God's word to give life to all people. Jesus condemns their use of the law to maintain their own power through patrilineal property rights. And finally, we turn to the question, now what? If you are reading or hearing this, you are probably a religious insider yourself. In this passage, Jesus warns us against three things. Number one, giving too much power and authority to church leadership. Number two, focusing too much on right behavior. And number three, using scriptures to promote our own agendas. We can use church structures, behavior norms, and the scriptures themselves as weapons against others. They were certainly all used that way against Jesus. Instead, Jesus invites us to loosen our grip on the religious tools of church leadership, holy living, and the scriptures. For the power of each of these comes from God and not from us. If we loosen our grip, then we can stop wielding them with our earthly power over others and invite God to wield them with divine power to transform us. And I'd like to leave you with a few discussion questions to ponder. The first one is, where do you see God's power at work in our congregation? The second is, where is one sphere in your life where God wants you to live more faithfully? Family? Work? Your neighborhood? Church? Or government? And finally, what about Jesus' good news is challenging to you? What do you have to let go of to truly believe it and live by it?